0: Hello, my name is Andrew Gommerson, and I would like to welcome you to this week's episode of the Speaking for Him podcast. It is a privilege for me to come to you and encourage you on this walk that we call the Christian life. And last week, I told you that I was going to review for you the Walton's Homecoming 2021 edition, and I am excited about that, but first I want to talk to you a little bit about what is going on. 80 years ago this week, on December 7th, 1941, we experienced what our president, Franklin Roosevelt, would say at the time was a day that will live in infamy. And that is Pearl Harbor Day, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor and launched the U.S. into World War II.
1: I was pretty young man, I was 19, I, I'm uh, 99. I was 21 then, I'm 101 now. I was 20 years old, and today I'm 100 years old. I was 22 on that day,
2: and this May I'll be 104. I was 21 when the war broke out, and I'm 102, 101 years old, working on 102. <laughs> You think I'll make it? (laughs) There was a time these men feared they'd never laugh again. Eighty years ago, their world and ours changed forever. Japan launched a surprise attack on the United States at Pearl Harbor.
1: The Arizona smashed, sunk, and burning on the first day of that treacherous attack, which took the Americans completely by surprise.
2: The attack pulled the United States into World War II. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. 2,403 Americans died that day. Now, 80 years later, the few survivors who are still alive have come back to Pearl Harbor, to the USS Arizona Memorial that straddles the submerged battleship. What do you feel as you stand here right now, knowing that the Arizona was there? I could still see the ship setting at 45 degrees, covered in the smoke. You see that as you stand here? Oh yeah. Look like the same thing. How come I survived? Yeah. And why did they die? Off? And you don't yeah. have an answer to that, do you? Well, I don't think anybody does. That anyone survived—it turns a boy into a man—is remarkable. Was instant confusion. Had scrabble confusion. Oil from the Arizona covered the water's surface. To swim to safety was to swim under a burning inferno. And I didn't want to get in that water because I didn't want to get burnt. David Russell, on a sinking ship, found a rope connected to another ship. Hand over hand, he crossed above the flames. 1,177 sailors on the Arizona died, more than 900 entombed in what is now a sacred, watery grave. Every 30 seconds, a droplet of oil still escapes the sunken battleship. Veterans say the Arizona is bleeding. Have you forgiven Japan? I don't know whether they call it forgiveness or not, but I don't have any hard feelings of it now. Others tell me they will never forgive. Did you hate Japan? I did. And now? I haven't lost much of that feeling. After the attack, all Japanese were considered suspicious. Even witness Ralph Matsumoto, who is Japanese-American, initially detained, he later joined the US military to fight for his country, the United States. You don't feel courageous? No, I don't. I'm just an average man. What is it like for you to sit next to Ralph? He's all American. In the military, we're all brothers and sisters. Salute. A salute to those who died that day. Eighty years later, Pearl Harbor's last survivors with one wish
0: that we never forget. It's very sobering for me to realize that the World War II generation is... Not only approaching one hundred, but has in many cases passed one hundred if they are still indeed alive, so there are there are very few of them still alive, and so it is a great thing to be able to get a little bit of idea of what they were going through at that time. I know um reading the book Unbroken and seeing the movie unbroken and and then the the sequel movie uh both about Louis Zamborini and seeing featurettes with him on it where he, he was talking about his personal experiences. That was invaluable just to realize the sacrifices that were made on our behalf for World War Two. And also to realize the reality of, of hate uh that had to be fought through. You know, Louis Zamborini had this idea that he was going to go back to Japan and bring down the Japs that held him prisoner. And then God got a hold of his life and changed his heart, and he went back and witnessed to those same captors. And so it's been. it's a great story of redemption. Uh, but as you heard in that piece, some of the people have come to a place of peace, and other people are still harboring bitterness and hate. For the things that happened then So you know this was a big deal For our country uh, For the men and women who serve our country And you know It really um, Was An important thing uh, For us uh, To enter World War II And we were really a key in In turning the tide of World War II You know we talked about D-Day Earlier this year in June And how pivotal that was to turning the war. And it's important for us to realize the ultimate sacrifice that was made on our behalf and the reality of freedom that we have in this country because of that war that was fought. And I think that a lot of times when you look at it from the outside and you don't think about the people involved, you can easily say, well, we should just avoid war. And the reality is that Nobody wants war. I don't think there's anybody out there that literally wants war. But the reality is that sometimes you uh, need war to maintain freedom. And I think that World War Two shows us an an awesome example. We were able to overcome Hitler and his ilk because we were willing to go to war and work with our allies to bring freedom. And so I think that in so many cases, and I know I've mentioned this before on other patriotic-themed episodes of the podcast, but in so many instances, the U.S. has, has reached out not only to help its own people, but to help the people of other nations uh, to embrace freedom for themselves. And so I really think that It's important for us to think about that as we reflect on Pearl Harbor day, 80 years later. And just think about these world war two veterans that you just heard from in this piece. We will not have them very much longer. It will not be long until the Korean war and the Vietnam war veterans are our oldest veterans. And you know so we're really losing um what has been termed often the greatest generation and so i just wanted to bring that to our attention and hopefully that will be a blessing to you as you go through your day the next thing i want to mention is something that i very rarely mention on the podcast and that is sports uh, but something very significant happened this week in the world of sports for those of us uh, who are football fans in the state of Michigan and, in particular, of the University of Michigan.
1: Can I say something? You certainly can. We're Big Ten champion. We, you say it, so I believe it. Michigan is the 2021 Big Ten Championship football team. Does that sound good or what? Third down and four. Padilla back to throw. Quick throw to Laporta. It's intercepted. A tip ball. Picked off. That's Kate Polisar, the safety, who gets the tip ball from Sam Laporta, and everybody on that Michigan bench explodes to jump all over Cade Colissar. Second and goal. McCarthy gets the snap. Gives it to Edwards. Edwards dives. Pulls his hand out. Extends it. He's in the end zone. Touchdown Michigan! A one yard run by Donovan Edwards. The true freshman and Michigan adds to their lead. It's 41 to 3. Jim Harbaugh just got oh, the
0: Gatorade man. bath. And so there you have the call from Jim Branstadter and Dan Deerdorf of the end of the Michigan-Iowa game, which was for the Big Ten championship. And it's the first time since 2004 that Michigan has won the Big Ten championship and the first time they've been able to win it since the Big Ten added a championship game about five or so years ago. So that's pretty exciting for myself and for other Michigan fans. Another exciting thing about it is I was watching a, a video um where they basically started out the video by saying Michigan has a 2% chance of winning their division of the Big Ten. And... Now, not only have they won the Big Ten, but they are in the college football playoff with a decent shot at going all the way to their first national title since 1997. And the last time they won a national title, they shared it with Nebraska um, because there was kind of an emotional coaches' vote for uh, Tom Osborne of Nebraska, and those two teams never faced each other. So it's kind of weird because... I guess back then there was like four um, national championship trophies, and Michigan got three of them, and Nebraska got one of them. Uh, but it, but it's listed as a shared national title, and so now they have an opportunity to win one outright if they can win the next two games on the thirty first, and then, Lord willing, on the tenth of January. Again, I don't often bring up sports. Uh, but I just wanted to bring that up. And it was really neat how they dedicated their game to the kids at the Oxford Public School who passed away in a school shooting last week. And when Jim Harbaugh tweeted about it, he said, we, We're lifting you up to the one who conquered death. And I thought that was really neat that he made a reference to Jesus rising from the dead. And it's. Kind of interesting also coming from him because when he was a player with the Colts, he talked about his faith in Jesus a lot. He hasn't talked about it as much um, as a coach, but it was nice to see that kind of resurface at this point. So just wanted to share that with you. It's a little bit random, but I hope that you enjoyed that. And again, I hope it will encourage you that um, God uh, is always at work and that we... Always have the opportunity to encourage others. And I, and I think as bad as that school shooting was, and it was awful, and I have to say during the five years that I worked at school, that was something that ran through my mind, is what would happen if there was a school shooting while I was working? Because I can't duck. I can't hit the floor if there's somebody shooting. I, I remember telling my students, if something happens like that, just get behind me. Uh, because I can't dock, but I can protect you, and that was my my mindset. But I think it, the show of unity uh, that I've seen from the Wolverines and them inviting the family of Tate Mercer, one of the guys who tried to subdue the gunman, and the Lions head coach also just dedicating their games to to these. Victims and saying I don't want to forget them. Let's remember them. I just thought that was a really good show of unity for our state, and so I, I think that there's a lot to be thankful for. I, I remember hearing several times actually that Mister Rogers once said when you when you are going through a tragedy or when you when a tragedy does occur, you can find hope by looking for the helpers um, because there's always. Obviously negatives that happen, there's always bad things that happen, but the reality is that if you keep your eye out for the helpers, you can always find something positive to come out of the difficulties of life. Last week, I had the privilege of watching the Walton's 2021 Homecoming, uh, which was produced by the CW and came out the weekend after Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. And so today's episode will primarily uh, be taken up with reviewing that episode, and I'm going to start out with our quote of the day. Our quote of the day is from uh, Richard Thomas who played John Boy Walton on the original show. He says, My opinion is that The Waltons is a 50-year-old classic. Classics are eventually adapted, updated, remade, and reexamined. I'm just happy that our show is in that category, and I hope that the new version finds its audience as ours did in 1971. Good luck to them. That's the first thing that kind of surprised me about all of this is the full support that so many of the cast have given this new project. As I shared with you last week, Judy Norton on her YouTube channel gave her full support in a video where she took the time to tell about her opinion about the project. I guess um, Eric Scott, who played Ben in the original series, and Cammie Kotler who was Elizabeth um, and along with Judy were in in attendance at the original screening for this new version. And they all seemed pretty positive about it. Um, It's pretty weird for me um, that there was no Ben character, that they just cut Ben out of it. And so I think I'll say that right off the top, that not having Ben there was a big deal. Now, somebody pointed out that he didn't play that big a role in the original Homecoming movie, and that is correct. However, because nine years of episodes came after that Homecoming movie in which Ben did make a huge mark, him not being there at all for the new one did make a difference, and I will have more to say about this movie after we listen to a brief feature slash trailer on the new Walton's Homecoming. <music> Merry Christmas! I think it's great for families, especially
2: for younger people, to get a window into what a world like that is. Dad Wilson just dropped off a
1: telegram. Where's John Boy? Where do you think? Upstairs scribbling secrets in his room again.
2: Much simpler time in the 1930s. You didn't have social media, you didn't have TV. They just got the radio. It's from your daddy. He's coming home today. (laughs) The Walton's Homecoming is a beautiful Christmas story about a family being able to come together at the most magical time of the year. Could be icy roads. You might want to stay here in Charlottesville. Tap the trip home in the morning. No way, my friend.
1: Christmas Eve. My husband has lost his job nearby and has to go away to work.
2: He'll be here soon enough, you'll see. Getting home to them at a time when you feel like you need to be there is... It's pretty universal.
1: I think that love is what keeps the Walton family together. No, it isn't the prince.
2: Why are you always ragging on me, Mary Ellen? I don't
1: know. It just seems natural. My favorite part of filming has been getting to meet the cast and crew and really form that family and that bond on set. Mary <laughs> Ellen thinks that she wins a lot, Mary- but it's not true.
0: Aaron, you want to get your nose out of that magazine and give me a hand? I myself am a very much a girly girl. I love when I get makeup done or put makeup on. Oh, yeah, I would definitely wear this. I would wear this to school. I would wear this everywhere. Thanks, Sean boy. It's good. Getting used to these suspenders, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. So much fun. Is
1: that... So. Quiet... It's fine. <laughs> this Christmas is gonna be the best ever, no matter what. The timing is perfect for something like this. The original film and the series came out in 1972. The country was more
2: deeply divided than at any time in my lifetime up until today. It makes perfect sense that it would be done again. The classics get done over and over again. I'm so excited about this.
1: Stop the bus! <laughs>
2: <laughs> up on. Thanks, Bun. Thank you. You say my family's Christmas.
1: It was a great show and a great experience. I'm glad it's back.
2: No matter where your dreams take you in this world, Mary Ellen, you'll always be a want.
0: So that little trailer slash feature act just gives you a little bit of a glimpse into the movie. One thing that I thought they did well was they decided to basically use the original movie as the basis for the reboot, which I think was good because it gave them a good skeleton to work from. I think it, as I said, it was it was weird not having been there, so having only six of them when they were known for seven. Which incidentally, there were eight of. Earl Hamners and his siblings, and then they cut it to seven for the TV show. So cutting it to six is another cut. But anyway, I thought it was pretty well done. Um, Whenever you are comparing a classic show that you love with a new show, there's going to be disappointments. Sometimes you you see certain shows and you're like, I don't know how they did their casting, but it was so perfect that it couldn't be any better. Shows that come to mind when you think about that are shows like The Waltons and Little House on the Prairie and The Andy Griffith Show. You know, how would The Andy Griffith Show be without Don Knotts? And actually, if you watch the whole show, you get three seasons of what it would be like without Don Knotts, and it's not as good. So, obviously, having other people fill these shoes is a difficulty. Um, It was kind of neat having uh, Richard Thomas do the narration. Interesting inside story was that originally they were contemplating slash seriously considering having Richard Thomas do the opening narrations for the show. And then they realized that they wanted something, um, older. And so they were considering an older voice for the older John boy. Cause it was a look back. And then they decided, well, who better than Earl Hamner who wrote the stories. And so they had Earl Hamner do it. And, He was awesome and he became a big part of the show and his his narrations were top-notch, second to none. And so it was a big deal for Richard Thomas to be able to come back and, and do this new movie and have that role. So I don't know if this will be picked up into a series. I do know that several of the Waltons cast have indicated the willingness to come back in guest roles as other parts if it does get picked up. And so we'll see what happens. It's interesting. My brother was watching the old Homecoming the other day, and uh, he noticed that there were some casting changes from original film to series, and we realized when we looked through the cast that pretty much all of the adult roles were recast for the new series versus the movie. So if they do go to series, you could see a lot of casting changes even from this movie that just came out to the series. But I thought that they did a reasonable job uh, casting them. It's kind of interesting to me, though, because, like, Ralph Waite already seemed like an older guy that you that had a lot of experience under his belt and just had had been through a lot in this life. And I didn't get the vibe from the new actor playing John Walton Sr. And then, I don't remember the, the exact circumstances of the original Homecoming movie, but I thought it was established fairly early on that the grandparents were living with their grandkids. And in this version they were not. And so that was pretty weird as well because that becomes a mainstay of the series. Um, so there was definitely some, some changes. Um, and again, it's really hard for individual actors to capture the essence of the other people that played the role uh, because they do so well. As a matter of fact, it's kind of interesting uh, because I don't remember what the reasoning was, but for some reason throughout most of her childhood and throughout a lot of her adulthood, uh, Mary Beth McDonough was convinced that she was Earl Hamner's second or third choice to play Aaron. And then when she was uh, an adult, he pulled her aside and, and I don't remember if she told him that concern or if, or if he'd heard it from someone else and he, he pulled her aside and said, No, you were always the one that I wanted to play Aaron. So even people in the original cast had some insecurity about that. You know, I kind of feel bad for anybody that has to take up the opportunity to play someone um, as iconic as the Waltons are. And one of the reasons I say that is because Robert Reitman was a recast for John Boy in the original series because Richard Thomas... Uh, signed a five-year contract with the original Waltons, did his five years, and then left the show. He made a couple more appearances, but then left permanently, and then they decided to bring him back, and so they recast him. And Robert Reitman was a very good actor. Uh, there's nothing wrong with his acting, and I'm pretty sure he was a pretty neat guy. Uh, but he was not Richard Thomas. And so it was very hard for him to measure up to that kind of pressure of playing that iconic character through no fault of his own. So I think as Judy Norton says, if you're going to appreciate this show, you really have to take it on its own merit. And, it kind of goes back to something that I've said. I don't remember if I've said it on this podcast, um, probably during one of my book club episodes or whatever, but I, I, I kind of feel this a similar way about the Love Comes Softly movies versus the book series, because the book series is one of my favorite book series of all time. I've read it several times, and I, it never gets old to me, but the movie series... I always say is like a bad game of telephone where the first movie was reasonably close to the first book. And then as they branched out from there, they kept adding elements and subtracting elements that should have been there. And by the time you got to the eighth book, there was nothing resembling the original storyline by the time they finished the series. And so I really hope that that's not what they do here with the Waltons. I mean, part of me was like, at least glad, as I said, that they decided to replicate the original Christmas homecoming movie. And also that they didn't try to move the era or aggressively modernize it. I know people have criticized it because they said that their clothes looked too new and that they could have been, uh, focused more on being period correct. Even little things like the radio turning on too quickly are a big deal when you're going for authenticity. I think one of the biggest things that stuck out to me as a negative was the fact that there seemed to be more language um, than there was in the original series. Now, I'm sure there were times when there was language in the original series. But I don't think there was as much from day one um, as there was in this Christmas movie. And that, to me, is unfortunate. Um, I do think there's still merit. I do want to encourage people uh, to watch it and to give their feedback to the CW and let them know what you want to see them do with the Waltons. I'd love to see this be successful. Um, because at first I wasn't sure whether I wanted to, but then I started thinking about what Judy Norton said about how many people reach out to her and say there needs to be more series like the Waltons or there needs to be another series like the Waltons on the air now. And she's like, now you have the opportunity. So don't, um, look at Gift Horse in the Mouth and give this a shot. And she said it's being produced by someone who grew up watching the Waltons, so he has a great deal of respect for the Waltons as a property. And so I think that is something that is uh, really a plus. Um, I I really thought, as I said, that, that the cast um, was pretty well done. I think that it will take a while as I said to get used to them if if we go to series maybe we'll have the opportunity to see them act um, together more and, and really get used to them and their parts. I think there definitely seemed to be a chemistry with the original cast even on the Christmas homecoming that did not exist with this new cast. Um, But I think that it's a little bit different too, because I'm pretty sure that most of the kids on the original show were going out for their first jobs and it's a little bit different environment today in Hollywood to where it's much more likely that they just grabbed a bunch of kids from a bunch of different places and put them together to do this movie. And so I really hope that they get an opportunity to do more because it's really hard to judge something on its first attempt. And I really thought that the family togetherness thing was was still strong in this new film, which is good. I thought it was interesting that they made um, Mary Ellen uh, want to be a pilot. Uh, instead of a doctor or a nurse, and they made Jim Bob um, eventually be a uh, professor at Cornell. I guess that leads to my major negative, other than the added language, is that they basically did a wrap-up of all of their lives at the end of this movie, Which is kind of strange if you're thinking about going to series. But anyway, with Jim Bob's, they said that he ended up becoming a professor at Cornell. Well, if you watch the original show, you know that Jim Bob wanted to be a pilot more than anything else. Um, He wanted to to be in the Air Force, um, which I guess at that time in history was the Air Air National Guard. Um, He was unable to do so. Um, but it was a big deal to him, to the to the extent that he even got a tattoo. As he got older, so to give him a totally different vision was something interesting to me. Also, it was interesting to me to give their father a completely different vision, because at the end of at the end of this movie, he says instead of um, looking for work out of town at mills and doing mill work, he's going to be a farmer and stay home, which is kind of ironic given the fact that he owned his own mill and the mill was at their home. So, and I guess part of the situation for me is now these actors are in my era, and so I think think that's part of the issue in trying to relate to them as older is that now they're in my era, so that the mom and the dad are basically my age in the new one, and so it's hard to relate to them as Mr. and Mrs. Walton, and I didn't feel like we saw the grandparents enough to really appreciate them as grandparents, and it's really hard to replicate two legends like um, Will Gear and Alan Corby just is and so i don't know what the future holds for this movie but i i think it's i think it's worth your watching and i think it's it's worth it to you to talk to your kids about this show and maybe it's a springboard to go back and watch the original series and say this is a part of my childhood that i really enjoyed and i want you to enjoy it too So how would I uh, rank this movie? Well, I would have to say, given the absence of Ben and um, the language and the way that they wrapped up the show, almost as if it was completed, even though they wanted to potentially go to series, I'd have to give it a solid 3.7 out of five stars, 3.7 out of five stars still worth watching. Uh, but just keep in mind that it's not old school Walton's. Um, and I think you'll still be benefited from watching it. And I will be watching them to see what they come up with in the future. Um, as far as I know, you can still watch the movie on the CW app. Um, I don't know how long it will be up there, but if you go to c w dot com and you search for the homecoming, it should pop up. Just know that if you look for the Waltons, it probably won't pop up but if you look for the homecoming, it will and i i I just think that the that the theme of a family looking forward. To seeing their father and being together is universal, and it's something that is still as relevant today as it was in the '70s when the Waltons came out, and in the '30s when they were uh, when it was supposed to be taking place. And if this movie and potential series does only one thing, I hope it's to remind people of what a simpler time that time period was. Not that it was an easier time, but it was a simpler time. You know, as I finish, one of my final observations for the Waltons in general is the fact that there were many times when he would say something at the end, like, we were always poor, we didn't have much, but my parents never let us know it. And what he meant by that was in everything that was important, his parents had a plentiful supply because they grew a lot of their own food, because they had their own animals. They always had plenty of food on the table and and plenty to share, and their biggest treasure was each other. Um, And I think you see that even in this film and even in the featurette uh, that I just played where the one actress who plays Mary Ellen was like, The best thing about this was developing the family dynamic with the cast. And I I thought that was telling because that's what they're going to need in order to carry this forward into a series. Anyway, that's what I have to share with you today. I hope that you will take the opportunity to watch the new Walton's homecoming 2021 edition. Let me know what you think about it. Send me an email with your feedback of any sort and Contact me with the contact information that's about to roll at the end of the show. I'll be back next week, but until then, have a great week and keep serving the best of Masters.